Spotlight series, the series that highlights the people, the companies, and the technologies that are shaping the future of retail. I am your host, Chris Walton. And I'm Ann Mazenga. And I personally, and I know Ann is too, am really interested in today's conversation and today's guest. We have talked about our concerns with retail media, all the money flowing into it, particularly to drive in-store purchases. But then the ugly question of how one can correctly attribute the sale always rears its ugly head because it's a tricky problem. And so that is what today's discussion is about. And to join us in that discussion is someone I would call an expert on digital media attribution. And that is Tom Burgess, the president of Snip Media. Tom, thank you for joining us and welcome to OmniTalk. Chris, and it's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. We're thrilled to have you on. Chris and I started talking about this on our way in the cab on the way to yes, the airport right, last Anne. week. And Chris was so excited uh, after he'd spoken with you. So we're really, really happy that you could join us today. Um, from I, a boat I, too, right, Ann? From I mean, a boat. Yes, I was going to say, like, yeah. is this, this is like a, this is like a little John situation. Like I'm on a boat right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. And yeah, I, I live on the boat. So it's not like I'm, I'm just on a boat, you know, that although I could break into that song for you, but we'll leave that <laughs> for later another time. Um, this is a uh, this is a lifestyle for us, right? It, it opens up for my wife and I, and we um, we live well, almost half the year, about six to eight months on our boat. You you two must get along really well because those we are do. those right. are close quarters to be in. You can't, I mean, I suppose you just, one goes to like one end of the boat if you need a break or something, or you jump in the water and swim with the dolphins. I don't know, Tom, how do you handle these yeah. situations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so pretty funny. Actually, we do very well in tight quarters together. We've been living on boats for years at a time. We sailed okay. around the world with our kids and wow. then we had four people on the boat. Uh, and so, yeah, we're used to it. We do very well and we both work full time. So uh it's not like we're you know only with each other all the time we have a lot of this there's a lot of video conferencing going on in our worlds oh man the logistics just see i'm already impressed like i don't yeah. know how you do it we can i feel like we can barely do it through the pandemic with just two of us in the house so impressive tom thank you and because of because of this skill um, I want to, I want to dive into spend a little bit more time than we usually do Yes, hundred percent to understand your background. I mean, tell us a little bit about you, what you've been doing from the boat for all of these years. So I'm a serial entrepreneur is easiest way to say it. I've, uh, over yeah. the last 25 years, I've started several different companies, four companies. I did one with my wife at the very beginning, oh, wow. uh, and yeah, we started a company together. We built that up. And typically the path for us is uh, anywhere between three to maybe as much as seven years of building the companies. And then either a customer or a uh, competitor or a large company looking to get into the market that we had launched something and buys us out. Okay. And uh, we did take one public. So that's given us, there's two different sides of that, right? A lot of mm -hmm. people look at that and it's kind of a romantic thing, you know, oh, that's the American dream and go do it. And yeah, hundred um, percent. But there's the other side of it that, you know, when you're done with those runs, which they are sprints, the multi-year sprints trying to do that, it's a lot of stress. And in many cases we raise money, uh, venture capital money. I have had the opportunity to work with some amazing executives, some amazing people 
And uh, but at the end of it, you got to take a break. So the boat became our thing to take a break. Right. So we started sailing because uh, it had to disconnect when we yeah. sold a company or something. You just got to go away. Right. It, it really beat you up. And so anyway, that all became kind of together. And then COVID just pushed it over the top for us. So for the past, uh, ever since basically COVID, we started uh, spending more time on the boat. And we found then because of Elon Musk, thank you for Starlink, uh, we could do this, right? We mm -hmm. could be anywhere. And so long as I'm near an airport and my wife is near an airport, we travel. So you know, I'm going to a trade show in two weeks and uh, you know, we just put the boat near an airport and hop on a plane, fly out, fly back. No different really than living at home. Right. Um, a little more logistics to deal with, but otherwise, generally speaking, yeah. it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, kind of the same thing. So I alluded to in the beginning, but you know, I want to I want to double click into a little bit before we get into what you're doing now. But talk about in the in the span of you know starting those. I think you said four companies. What 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 particularly about the digital media attribution side makes you an expert based on your past career history? Yeah, a desire to solve a problem is the best way to put it. So of those companies, and I won't go through them in detail, but they were all based on uh, finding a new audience, finding for advertising, and mostly for digital advertising. Uh, we started way back when uh, the internet had yet to really break. It was kind of CompuServe and AOL and uh, in those types of environments, I just dated myself massively. Okay, but, I remember uh, those days well, Tom. Yes. I remember those okay. days well. You're in good Thank company. You. Thank yes. you. So, and we started selling ads uh, in those environments. And at that point in time, you know, I was super new. Nobody really understood it. And then when mobile, mobile advertising, we were, I was actually at a trade show and we were introducing a solution um, for putting ads on, uh, on the mobile apps that all these companies were launching. And it was because we saw people sitting in like the, in New York, right? At uh, Penn Station or something, or in an airport. And you see people just all sitting there looking at their phones. Yeah. And I was like, that's where the eyeballs are, literally, right. right? So we launched that. So that in each one of those cases, though, we were very good at saying somebody viewed your ad, somebody clicked on your ad, somebody interacted with your page, your landing page, where they went after they clicked, blah, blah, blah. But we could not tie that activity to an in-store purchase, right? E-commerce, obvious, you can track, you know, with, with affiliate networks and e-commerce right. e work is pretty straightforward, but getting somebody from when they view something in the digital environment until they go into the store. So we launched this effort to solve that problem. And about 10 years ago now, almost a decade ago, I had launched the effort by partnering with banks. The initial goal was to, it's obvious if you think about it, you know, a bank knows where you shop. Mm -hmm. Well, an advertiser knows where you saw an ad. If we can put those two data sets together, then we can say you saw that ad and you went shopping. Now, sounds super simple. Uh, a decade later, um, there's a significant um, I would say movement, a significant uh, amount of activity on the big banks in the U.S. market and European market where that's happening at the store level. So the banks, like I just said, they know where you shop, but they don't know what you buy. Right. So the Stip Media Act 
this, this particular project that we're working on was made and or built so that we could solve down to what you buy. And that's what we just launched uh, recently. And we launched with a couple of large banks, um, Bank of America, PNC Bank, and several, a whole network of smaller banks where the ads are uh, or displayed by the banks. And we can go into that. But then we get the data enough through different channels so that we can see what you bought and then attribute that. So it's all about attribution. The whole thing started because when we were doing this other stuff on these other companies that I've been fortunate enough to have been part of at launch, we never knew, does the person actually buy the product? Right. And so, and that's true attribution. You know, again, e-commerce is pretty straightforward nowadays. A lot of smart people solve that problem, but you never really could bridge it over in store. So that was our goal. So Tom, tell us, okay, tell us, okay, let's go into it. Cause you mentioned SNP, like let talk more specifically about what it does. Like what, what, what is it all about and, and what does it do? What are you, what are you aiming to accomplish with this effort? So it is a pretty simple concept. People that uh, log into their banking application, whether it's on their mobile device or the web, uh, they see offers from their bank. And then the bank says, hey, shop at this store, buy this product, and we'll give you a discount. So SNP enables SKU level or item level. The banks, as I mentioned a moment ago, about, a, about 10 years ago, started doing it at the store level. Shop at XYZ store, get 2% off your basket total. What we've launched recently with SNP was shop at these many different stores, buy this specific product, Kellogg's, Pop-Tarts. Uh, Pop-Tarts, wow. I, I go there because Kellogg's is a great customer of ours. <laughs> okay. And and I love sweets. <laughs> you got Pop-Tarts on the boat. <laughs> yeah, I got Pop-Tarts on the boat, for sure, right. always. All right. There's a whole story there. We got to go into the cookie <laughs> contest that we go into. Okay, but we won't go there. Um, because when you go to different countries, they have all different kinds of cookies. And it's one of my favorite things to go mm -hmm. check out the cookies. So I may go back to Pop-Tarts and sweets when I'm talking about the products. But, we, you know, Bounty, um, we have as a big customer as well. And so we are introducing that type of product. So now the consumer simplified us one click off the homepage of the mobile app or the bank's webpage is an environment uh, that uh, has all these different offers. And the consumer clicks on that, they link it to their card or they activate that offer. And then they can close the app, they can go about their day. When they go to the store and they shop, they put that item in their basket, and then they check out and either it's through the use of their payment card or as simple as taking a picture of a receipt. We use all different types of what we call redemption methods so that the consumer's purchase can be tied back to the advertisement they saw on their bank application. And then that consumer receives either sometimes a discount right there at the point of sale, cost drops right there in front of them, or they get cash back afterwards or points. So we have a bank that um, awards people, as we all know, in their uh, royalty program points. So we can make it a point program as well. All right, so the, the brands are excited because our audience is massive, right? And nobody's ever done this before, putting CPG SKU level offers on a bank's application. Right. So, you know, that's pretty unique. The audience is very loyal. They uh, log into these apps three to four times a week. 
Uh, so it's not like it's hard to get the people's attention. The ads appear throughout the banking experience. Um, so the consumer is winning because they're saving money. The brand is winning because they're reaching this audience. And right now we're up to about 60 million consumers, active consumers that we reach through our bank channels. Um, and then the retailers win because it's driving consumers into their stores because many of the different items can be tied directly to a specific retailer if the retailer wants to get involved. And then the retailer gets that data. They know. And it's a cool thing. Here, here's one cool thing. Sorry, I'm geeking out on this for a second. <laughs> this is why I geeked out on, on when I yeah. met you last week. Yeah, no, go ahead. Keep yeah. going. Geek, so geek when, out. All right. When we, when we talk to, to retailers in particular, we can go to our banks and say it's Bank of America, a super good partner of ours, somebody that we really get along with well and have a lot of fun with. And we can take, say, a large grocer and we can go to Bank of America and ask them, can you run 12 months of transactions that have happened at this particular grocery chain and tell us the details of that? Obviously not sharing any PII or PCI yeah. data. It's like credit cards flying around or anything like that. It's it's more, here's the average transaction, here's how many transactions, here's the dates of those transactions, and, and all of this information. So when you share, when we share that with a retailer, they're like, holy cow, right? <laughs> Didn't know the Bank of America represented $6 billion worth of purchases over the past X number of months, mm -hmm. right? So that gets, and, and then we can use that as our foundation, run a program, come back and see how we change things. Did we increase the basket? Did we increase the volume? Did we increase the frequency? All of these things. So the data that's available is really cool. It's a lot of fun to play with. So that's the retailer side. And everybody comes around and says, yeah, what's in it for the banks? You know, well, why are they doing it? Right. Because right. how the, how the, usually what I get is, how the heck did you get a bank to put an ad in there? Well, it's actually a very simple formula because the banks have something that they call top of wallet. So here's my wallet and I won't show out flash cards, but I've got one, two, three, four cards in my wallet, right? So right. those I cards, I get a choice when mm -hmm. I go and I'm average that, that that's mm -hmm. the typical person carries four cards in their wallet. Oh. So I got a choice when I go to the store. Which one am I going to pull out? So the bank wants their card to be top of wall. Mm -hmm. So that's why they put these offers. And that's why they put them on the homepage, right? So these offers and Bank of America's programs called Bank Ameri-Deals, but PNC Bank's got their version. Chase has their version. Wells Fargo has their version. Everybody's got this. And so that's what's in it for the banks. The banks want to promote their use of card. So let's go into this a little bit. Let's you said a lot there. So we we love people that geek out about what they do as we do. And that's why why people listen to us and why we love talking to folks like yourself. So but let's roll it back. So I want to make sure because you said the Bank of America deals there. So like walk us through, you know, if particularly if, if I'm a digital because our audience is retailers and CPGs. If I'm a digital retailer or a digital CPG Walk me through what that experience looks like start to finish, step by step, and where the attribution really comes into play. I think the 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 experts will get it. The maybe more novice listeners on this concept, maybe it'll take a little bit longer for them to understand. But net net, I want to make sure that we really lay out how this is happening and why this is so interesting. 
Yeah, so it's new, right? I remember when we introduced ads on mobile phones back in a company that I had was fortunate enough to launch with a great group of people. And first time I walked in and I said, mobile advertising in an agency that I had somebody literally stand up in the back and say, but when does it appear on the bus? Because they figured mobile advertising. Well, today you say mobile advertising and everybody knows what it is, advertising on mobile phones. So a payments media network is new. It's something that's a, uh, you know, it's an introductory time right now for a CPG or retailer to understand where does the consumer see these offers? How do they work? It's just all the questions you're asking, Chris, spot on. My, I'd say the aha moment happens when we do a demo for somebody and or send them a link and which is super easy for us. We send them a link, they can go right in to the environment and then they go, oh, I get it. And then usually what happens, people while I'm on calls or in the room with them, they open up their app for their bank and they find it really quickly or they say, I know that stuff, I know where that is. It's just a unique audience, it's a unique environment. So those ads appear as what the banks call tiles. And these tiles are little square boxes that land and it's got the retailer's logo or the brand's logo. And then the consumer clicks through that. When they click through, it gives the details of the offer and some instructions maybe, you know, buy two, get one for 50% off or spend here between this day. It's a typical promotional kind of instruction environment. Right. And then the consumer just follows those rules. And when they show up, the consumer's then informed again in their app, you just earned points, cash back. It happens very quickly. And once the consumer does it one time, and I mean, it's, it's, it's a very simple process that a typical deal finder consumer will understand and accept very quickly. Yes. The unique thing about the bank is when you're on, say, an Ibotta or a Fetch, right? Great apps. Mm-hmm. People know those and people use those because they're coupon cutters. Well, we're in a bank. Our audience right, is right. massive. It's a lot different people, right? We may get some overlap, obviously, but we also see a more typical shopper. Right. Well, Tom, that's exactly. So when Chris, I have to, to be fully transparent, when Chris first talked to me about this, I was like, so is it's like a fetch, right? It's like fetch rewards where they're going to, you know, you, you upload your receipt or you, you know, you tie to the bank or you, you know, I, or upside where I say, I'm going to go to this place and then I get credited. I think what you're identifying and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're identifying that is really the unlock and what I've kind of come around to over the weekend as I've been thinking about this more and looking at my own behavior is a couple of things. One, seeing the credit immediately on like less work for the consumer, immediately seeing the value of applying these offers because it's on a credit card that I'm checking frequently versus an app where I have to transfer some, you know, or another process step in the process for the consumer. But then also because it's not retailer specific, which I think again is a second checkpoint for me as a consumer or as a participant in in these apps where, you know, I'm doing a lot of work. Is it is that the case? I mean, is that really where you feel like your differentiating position is in this market because you're you're simplifying that that process of coupon clipping for the consumer? Yeah, 10 years ago when we first launched this concept, uh it was 
it was the fact that there was a new audience, that this audience okay. was going to be introduced to offers. And the banks, I'm going to use a strong word, desperately needed a better sure. advertising, yeah. I'm sorry, better loyalty program. Yeah. The reason, go a little bit in detail. The reason being is the banks and the retailers were kind of going like this over what's called interchange fees. Mm -hmm. Okay. The banks charge a retailer for the use of a credit card. Yep. But the retailers addicted to the credit card because that's how you and I as consumers have been trained to spend, right? And that's how especially we now. buy things. Yeah. Right. Especially now. We may want to, may want to carry some credit, you know. Um we don't want to carry cash. And and there's so the at that time, a decade ago, the retailers pushed back and said, Look, man, you can't charge us so much. Right. And there was this. There's, I mean, the federal government got involved. There's uh, uh, a whole bunch of series of, there's a huge rap. Still are, to go yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. Oh, billions and billions yeah. of dollars of, of, of uh, antitrust cases and lawsuits and all of this going on. And interchange fees are starting to come down. Well, what's that mean? That means the banks don't have that margin, that extra margin to fund these loyalty programs themselves. So that's when me as an advertising guy, I was there, I happened to be speaking with some banks about their loyalty programs. And they said, man, we just can't fund these programs. So I was kind of watching a loyalty program opportunity with a big bank go up in smoke because they said we didn't have the funding. I was like, wait a minute, you don't fund them. The advertisers do. Mm -hmm. And boom, it was born, right? Now was the day that we kind of figured this out and everybody said, whoa, wait, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Banks hadn't thought of that. They were just like, this is what we do. You know, we make our money on this interchange. We put it back into our loyalty program. We give a little piece to the consumer. Well, as soon as it, now it's called brand funded or mm. merchant funded rewards, right? So that's the foundation of why this launched. Then we got into what you're talking about, Ann, is the differentiators of what's today. And of course, we've got retail media networks now. And by the way, I wouldn't, I, I think the, independent apps that we talked about are going to have a battle suddenly they're fighting against the retailer for that right. audience right right so they're yeah. shifting their business models to become you know they're able to step up and say look retailers we've been running retail media networks ad platforms like this for years use us just mm -hmm. let us be your white label so you see that going on mm -hmm. the fact is that the consumer there there's a lot of opportunity for the consumer to be reached in other channels too so we tend when talking to a retailer to say to them two things one we're an extension of your retail media network we have an audience that's massive right and it's active and it's a trusted environment it's a environment where the consumer's logging in they trust their bank if the bank's telling them hey look at this they're interested to look at it they'll click on right <laughs> excuse me they will activate an offer and then they'll redeem the offer and they won't think somebody's trying to pull something over on. There's a lot of fraud going on. Right? So they trust their bank. So this is a good environment for a brand to be careful and be able to reach a big brand. I mean, a big audience. So that's one piece. The other piece is, and this one gets into detail. We don't go too far here, but there's an offset of this interchange. So now the retailers coming into the bank and saying, where they've always said, well, how much do you really give me for all this interchange fee that I pay you? Now mm -hmm. the bank can say, I can give you advertising audience. So it's an, off it's an offset of value. So one of the big things that the, that the retailers are noticing is they're saying, wait a minute, okay, I pay you, but 
you're going to put my brand in your app and push my retail chain to your 10, 20, 30, 40 million consumers or cardholders. Okay, that's cool. So there's a there's a, a a secondary piece there that makes sense for the retailers. Well, Tom, you have to dive into a little bit too of like just the the behavior psychology of the consumer too, because I think that's another sticking point for me over the weekend where I was like, yeah, I'm checking my bank app multiple times a week. How often am I actually going into the other apps? Like that's another, again, another step for me. So I think tell, just talk a little bit about like what you've seen with some of the consumers that you're, are using this app, like how frequently they're checking these, what like redemption looks like because it is a bank based yeah. app. Yeah, this is versus... tailor made for you, Ad. Yeah, God, yeah. You, you check this stuff all the time. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm the uh, Chris makes fun of me all the time because I'm like, we got to go to this place. We get Amex points here. I'm, yeah, yeah. All right. Not so exaggerating, so... but yeah. No, there's... you're not. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there's so many factors that play into this and um and you can take it snip as a company is also a decade old company that has worked with cpg brands for that 10 12 years all on loyalty and promotions and and uh contests and sweepstakes that's what snips core business is to go to and a year and a half ago we decided to launch this payments media network concept snip media's product and when we first started talking to the brands and the retailers, they were looking at it like, wait a minute, what? Ads on banks? You know, it's, and, and the whole concept of what I lived through when we introduced ads on mobile devices, which today, everybody that's watching this, right. hearing this will say, well, of course there's ads on mobile phones. That's the way it was. Yeah, but it wasn't at one right. point. It, it, yeah. it, and again, people thought we were crazy. You're going to put little banner ads on a phone, you're out of your mind. Okay, it worked, right? <clears throat> and we didn't know back then if it was going to work. Um, and I've failed plenty of times on the stupid ideas too. But this one caught on because the three people in the in the in the loop, all right, the three different constituents all benefit. The activity is no different. Like the redemption rates are between eight and twelve percent. It's it's the same. As soon as a consumer knows it's there. They click on it, then eight to twelve percent of those people redeem. And it's wow. if you look across other coupon digital kind of programs, you see the same thing. Now, the big question is of the say Bank of America 47 million cardholders, how many are active? Right. Right. Well, it's in the millions. I gotta be a little careful about what I share, but it is in the millions. And there are uh, a significant portion. A majority of those people that have opted into marketing from the bank. So the bank is able to email out to those consumers or send out alerts on their mobile device and say, these new offers are available to you. So there are people that are interested, like you, Anne. They want to know, like they want to say, oh, hey, I can go to Kroger and get my Pop-Tarts, right? And get a break if I use my Bank of America card. So those that whole marketing scheme works really well. And everybody's winning. The consumer, they don't want it, they opt out. If they want it, they stay opted in. And the opt-in rate is pretty, pretty high. The open rate, as you imagine, from a bank email is also very high. Mm -hmm. So you get a bank email, you open it up. Even if you're just looking to see you had something, I'm going to just delete it. Well, I want to talk about that flywheel a little bit too, because the other part of this that you're bringing up for me in the discussion is, 
you're talking CPGs. You mentioned pop tarts. You're talking about the grocery trip, which uh, is a very frequent trip for most consumers. And so to me, it means, okay, I'm going to start. I, I could see consumers doing this because you go on your bank like Ann does. She sees what the deals are at her local grocer. And then she goes in there and she probably goes grocery shopping multiple times a week as well. So it makes me wonder if the flywheel doesn't start to turn a little bit faster on this too than say what you've seen for the past 10 years through these banking interfaces. Am I thinking about that the right way? Yeah, man, you 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 hit on something, Chris, that I should have brought up earlier, but I've been blabbing a lot here. The fact is that 10 years ago when we started the whole bank programming card linked offers is what yeah. it was and has been called right and it was mostly stores that were you know call it specialty retail or maybe even a little bit of um you know dyi yeah. uh it's type stores right you didn't see and still don't see until we just recently launched a lot of grocery or convenience or pharma in there all right there weren't or brands every day. Even. Like no brands. brands. No. Like you never yeah, see those, that, those right? aren't and, no, and those are just out. literally. Yeah, there's no brands. And so that was our goal. We wanted to introduce with SNP. We wanted to introduce the brand, right? And bring everyday purchase. Because the banks know that if they can bring everyday purchase, they can get those grocery chains in here. And why weren't the grocery chains in before over the last decade? Because their margin's small. Because their business model doesn't work the same way as specialty retail, right? And so now bringing the brands in, it allows them to use those shopper marketing dollars, those national um, advertising funds to fund these programs. Now it makes sense. Now that that um, that margin uh, disparity is, is, is fixed, right? So this is why also it's another reason why the banks are excited. It's another reason why the consumer gets a benefit. Because, you know, it's everyday purchase. This is stuff I buy all the time, right? So that's where I want my discounts. So that that helped bring it together as well. So you bring up a great point. Yeah, you said it before, and I'm, I'm going to reiterate it here as we get come to the end. But, like, it's kind of like, why haven't we seen this before is what's going right. through my head. Like, like this seems so intuitive that, you know, yes, if you can go on your bank and get deals, why haven't we seen grocery deals? Why haven't we seen CPG brand deals before? Like, it's so intuitive. So, so then the question comes back. For, for me, you know, for a CBG to want to do this or for a retailer to make want to make this an extension of their retail media network, which is the most interesting part of this discussion of me, quite frankly, having been a former digital retailer, how hard is it to actually do this, Tom? Like, is it is it more difficult than, than you're making it sound or is it pretty straightforward since the infrastructure already exists, you know, in the past through very similar mechanisms? Yeah, so the, the hardest thing is getting set up and that means something that when we decided we wanted to do this snip and the team um i was um, very fortunate snip team is an amazing group of guys and people i mean these um we have this whole global team that works with these cpgs around the world but they had never done anything in the bank world right and that's where i and i was on the board at snip okay. blah 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 one thing leads to another and we all got into a room and SNP became profitable. And we said, what are we going to do with this profit? And said, I got an idea. And I, you know, it's the old, I got an idea. I'm on the board. And they said, well, why don't you do it? So I said, cool. <laughs> Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, right. Put your money where your mouth is. Two years later, we were approved by two top five banks. So we did that hard lifting. You can't just walk into a bank and say, I want to throw an ad up on your 
you know, in your pages, right? <laughs> They're like, sure. who are you and what data, you know? So we had to build the infrastructure to be dialed into or integrated into a bank. And so that was the, that's the, the huge speed bump that you've got to solve first. Now, the way we were able to put this together, we can bring a retailer, a CPG in, and yeah, we're a gateway. It, it's not that somebody else couldn't come in and do that. I, I'm straight up, let's go. Bring on some other folks that want to do it or give us a call. But we can bring retailers in now pretty easily. So we can get a retailer and a CPG up and running in weeks. Um, you know, if, and if they get up and running, then we can swap their campaigns out in hours and days. Um, so it's, it's an easy thing now. It took years to put it in place. But it highlights one of the lessons of entrepreneurship too, which is one plus one equals three when you think about partnerships and, and expertise in that manner in terms of what each party is bringing to the table. So that's a great a great note to end on. So, well, Tom, I had high hopes for this discussion going in. I, I know Ann did too, and I think it exceeded my expectations. I mean, this is the yes. most geeked up Ann and I have got have, <laughs> have been in a conversation in a long time. And it's, it's early Monday morning too. So, so nice <laughs> job for being able to do that. But uh, you know, I mean, the way I'd sum it up is, you know, in, it's basically in-store digital attribution made simple via another media channel. That's, that's what we're talking about here. That's a great way to put it. It's something that in a lot of ways probably should have exist, existed before it doesn't, but, uh, but it's, it's on its way. It's probably going to happen given how simple, simply and straightforward it all sounds especially as ann was talking about it and describing it too so so tom if people want to get in touch with you and learn more what is the best way for them to do that yeah tom burgess on linkedin is probably the easiest but uh tom dot burgess at snip.com gets you there too um yeah i'd love to talk to people about it so uh thanks for putting that out there now, Tom, we just need to figure out how we can have a meeting with you on the boat, Absolutely. wherever you are. So if people are specifically interested in learning more on a boat, too, we will also be reaching out to you. <laughs> yes, this um, is going to talk first. Happy to run sessions on the boat. Yes, yeah, I love it. Down. I love it. Um, well, that wraps us up. Thanks to Tom Bridges of Snip Media for sitting down with us today. On behalf of all of us here at Omnitalk, as always, be careful out there. Oh, 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 oh,